Hey, the Washington football team that classified best podcast that's out there. You know we got some good people like Eric and Ellie, they on there. We know Washington football team, the best team out there, and we don't care. They used to talk about how we ain't make it to the players, but boy, did y'all go there? Let's talk about Chase Young getting them sacks. Let's talk about Gibson running it back. Let's talk about Terry Lawrence scoring touchdowns every time he catching that pass. Let's talk about Rupert Foster, how he's sitting there waiting for somebody to run that slant. Let's talk about Kim Fuller, how many picks he got. Yeah, the boy be still in the pass. six. Welcome to an official victory celebration on the WFT Declassified Podcast. As always, I am your host, L.E. We got Eric. He is in the building. Eric, you want to come off mute for a second and say, what's up? He says, what's up? He sends his love. And then we I would. Have- I would love, if I could, if I knew how to work my phone, I would totally do exactly that. But I am a middle-aged man who is slowly losing touch with technology <laughs> i set you up for that because i i was i told you you weren't gonna have to do that but i messed that up so that's all me moving right along we got brian in the house brian what's going on man happy victory monday boom, 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 boom. hey before we get into the game we gotta shout out some very special people okay first of all shout out to all of our friends in the states and everybody outside the states We got some good news today. We're number three in Cameroon for your football talk. So shout out to all our friends in Cameroon. We love you. We appreciate you. Keep listening. Shout out to our friends in Australia. Shoot, man. What's up, Nigel? You know, and all his friends out there listening to us. And um, let's see. Who else we got? We're big everywhere. We're big in Portugal. Shout out to everybody in Portugal. Everybody uh, outside of the, uh, the, uh, the United States of America. We appreciate everybody listening. Everybody who subscribed, we have some other really, really big news. Not only are we producing a podcast for you all, but we're going to also start very soon launching our website with all kinds of good stuff. It's going to have some blogs. We'll put up some interviews. We might do some exclusive internet only interviews that we'll put up there. Um, I know Brian will be blogging. Eric might, you know, type his fingers on the keypad, come up with some good things as well. I'll occasionally throw some things up there. You have links to our podcast. Everything you want to know or wish you knew, you will find up there. So we're getting ready to launch that real, real soon. So stay in tune and uh, keep it locked. And uh, as for yesterday, Washington took it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you said, yes, they did. And if you say you saw that coming, I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> no. Nope. But, but as always, we like to find out who done it. Who's the reason that we won or lost? And it just so happens that this week it's a win. Brian, who done it? Because of yesterday's big victory, we've got to give it a who done it. Give you a good one. Everybody did it yesterday. It was a classic total team effort. Everybody from Ron Rivera, his coordinators, Jack Del Rio, Scott Turner, down to the 53rd man on the roster, all the players, uh, field goal kicker, field goal kicker. We kicked three field goals, made them all, made all the extra points too. Nothing got blocked, but everybody did it. The offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, they had different game plans. They changed up some things. Ron Rivera going into the bye week said, we've got to self-scout. We've got to take a look at some of the things we're doing and make some changes. And he did. They made a lot of changes and they confused and stifled the defending Super Bowl champs for pretty much all of Sunday. And we came out with not, not just a, you know, we squeaked by, we dominated them. We actually were able to beat them convincingly. And you know, I don't want to hear any excuses from, uh, you know, Bucks fans or that they're the defending Super Bowl champions with, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. They were prepared. They were ready. They just didn't perform. We performed yesterday. So who done it? Everybody who had a Washington football team jersey, hat, whatever, did it. Coaches, players, special teams, offense, defense, Rivera, Del Rio, Turner, all of you, y'all did it. It's a great team win. Absolutely. And the fans, too, because you know what? Twitter was ablaze, alive and well with fans getting super pumped up. I know everybody was down and out on the season. And look, we're going to take this one week at a time. We're going to talk about this week in a vacuum. 
it was great to see. Everybody was happy and everybody enjoyed it. And you know what I liked best about this game or this win, I should say? It was an ugly win. It yes. was a it was an NFC East type of win. You know what I mean? That game was extremely physical. Like I felt like some of the hits, like I know Gibson has to be sore today. Like he took some shots yesterday. I mean, 900 pound Vita Vea hitting him, Devin White hitting him. Like that was a physical, physical game. And we came out on top. Absolutely. And Gibson, my God, how long have we been saying it? Oh. Feed the run game. He had 24 carries, 24 carries. And you know what I love best about those 24 carries? He only averaged 2.7 yards per carry, but they didn't give up on the run game. And look what happened. They committed and they stuck with it even when it wasn't going well. It was impactful and it mattered. We don't win that game without committing to the run in the way that they did. And I thought that was beautiful. So you know what? Double clap for our offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, because we've been calling it out, asking for it. Not that he listened to us, but he did what we thought he should do. And to tell you the truth, if Gibson's going to play, and I know, look, last week I said, hey, put him on our if he's not going to be healthy. But if he's going to be relatively healthy and play, I want to see him 30 carries every game. Because as long as you're riding with Heineke, as long as you're riding with Heineke, you have to understand what he is. You said that last week, Brian. You got to understand the quarterback that you have. This is the game plan that we wanted to see the whole yes, time. Yes. Like, hey, realize what you've got. And he took the ball out of Heineke's hands a little bit and relied and utilized the run game. And Gibson, you said at 2.7 yards, those were hard yards. And by the end of the game, he actually started to get four yards, five yards. And then, you know, we get down by the goal line. What happens? He runs in basically untouched. And that's like the cumulative effect of the run game. And that's why, you know, uh, also Gibson, but our offensive line, our offensive line held pretty strong. I mean, the defensive front uh, for the Bucks. They are big, nasty, physical. They are tough. I mean, number two uh, against the uh, the run in the NFL, and uh, we took it to them. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hats off to Scott Turner, even though you know I'm still I'm still not sure about him. He did a good job yesterday. Yes, he did. And I tell you what, some other folks just shot out. You know, in the game yesterday, besides Gibson, but you shout out Heineke. Good, good, safe game plan. You manage the game well. That's what we want. Let's go with uh, Terry McLaurin. Oh, I mean, every week, right? But he took a shot. And I'm going to tell you, I think he went to sleep on that hit for a few seconds. <laughs> yes, he, he, he was slumped. And then he got up and he snapped out of it. And then he did his little flex thing, which I like. I mean, you know, shout out to him because he really took a shot oh, and got up. I, I, thought, I thought he was done. Like, I thought they were going to have to pull the card out and put him on it. Because, I mean, just like you said, for like, two seconds, three, he didn't move. Like he did not move. And then he just kind of got up and was like, no, I'm good. Let's keep going. Yeah, that, yeah. that was so good to see. So good that they, you know, he only had a few more catches than, uh, you know, the previous game, but he had catches in the right moments, third downs, big completions. Like that was a huge catch for us. And he got it. Absolutely. And can we please have a moment of appreciation for Deandre Carter? I mean, Wow. My goodness, this guy came in and he put a spark in the return game and now he's doing it at receiver. He is essentially what we wanted from. And I think I saw this on Twitter earlier today and I can't remember who it was, so I can't credit it. He's what we wanted from uh, Stevenson, right? That's the that's the kind of production that we thought we were going to get from him. Yeah. So, yeah, we we also had John Bates getting in the mix. He had the fumble. That was ugly. Uh, got to hold on to the ball. He was trying to extend a play, knowing to let it go, right? Young guy, he'll figure it out. But he had three catches, 25 yards, a critical first down conversion. Uh, what I will say about uh, John Bates is, you know, looking at him run out there and run some of those routes, he looks big and slow. But by the time he catches the ball, there's nobody around him. So he, he, he must have like a knack for finding that soft spot in the defense just to settle down in and make a, you know, a nice big target for the quarterback. So uh, I hope I don't know what's going to happen with Ricky Seals Jones and that hip uh, injury that he had. So hopefully, uh, you know, he'll be all right. But if not, you know, hopefully Bates gets uh, some more targets because, uh, I mean, he's uh, he looks like he's got pretty decent hands. He does need to hold on to it. But uh, I mean, I, I like what I saw in a couple of those uh, routes that he ran. 
He reminds me a lot of like a poor man's Jason Witten, like a really poor man's version that's a, that's of Jason. A good one. Witten. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And that's a kind of tight end that's going to be a, a young quarterback's best friend as, as he starts to develop. Yeah. And they can develop together whenever we get that young quarterback. All right. So, what about your boy, Jamin Davis? Though? Man, I was just about to go there. You got to talk about him. Go ahead. You know what? He didn't play as much as I'd like. I will say that, but he was impactful when he was in the game. He had uh, six total tackles or five total tackles, which actually led the team yesterday, which yeah. speaks to the overall lack of production by Tampa Bay's offense that yeah. five tackles led the team. Um, I said this as well last week. All I care about is the development of our young players in addition to whatever else happens, right? Win, lose, or draw. If we're seeing young players grow up before our eyes, and produce i'm not that concerned with the outcome of every game right i don't want to look foolish ever when we play but i'm not that concerned with some of the other things that you know go on but jamin davis is is the number one most important person that needs to develop for me and he's coming on a little bit you know he'll, he'll have weeks where he takes steps back but he was impactful yesterday i don't know what else i can ask for from that game yesterday and even though he, Jamie Davis only had 27 snaps, but it feels like he played the entire game because I saw him around the ball. I saw him making tackles. Like when I read the snap counts uh, this morning and I saw it only say 27, I was like, that could not be right. Cause he was everywhere. But yeah, just like you said, I think he's getting better. He's starting to grow a little bit more and learn from some of his mistakes, but he should definitely be getting more than 27 uh, snaps. Like that's, that's way too low, but uh, he really, those 27 snaps, he made them count yesterday. Absolutely. And the defense was together. They played unified football for the first time all season. They were energetic and passionate. Where had that been all season? That was that was what I thought we were going to look like from the, the Charger game, and we just hadn't seen it. And, yes, that was great. Everybody was flying around, and everybody knew what to do. There was nobody, you know, looking around, no one yelling at somebody else like, hey, that's that's your guy. There was, you know, there was the Mike Evans touchdown, but that, you know, that was one play, and that was it. They, limit, uh, they limited any mistakes, and uh, they, they flew to the football. And no, no missed tackles like we'd seen either. Yeah, and the Mike Evans touchdown was an offensive pass interference too, but we're we're not going to talk about that. No, that's a good call. That it was. Yeah, he he grabbed Kendall Fuller by the head and shoved him uh, on his way to the ball. So uh, I, that doesn't count. We'll accept that. I think the uh, I think the defense gelled. You know what the problem was? I think it's pretty evident now that the problem all season has been Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Once they got out of the way and stopped messing everything up, <laughs> the defense just turned into a juggernaut like like we expected. So those guys just need to step up their game when they come back. And we got to talk about that, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring the rain on this parade just yet because I got one more guy I want to shout out. This is the MVP of the game, and uh, he he had 11 points yesterday, three or three on field goals, and uh, what two extra points? That's our guy, Joey Sly. That rhyme, by the way, but Joey Sly. 11 point without him we lose yesterday we got it do we have a kicker guys or do we have a kicker or am i just overreacting you tell me we have a kicker uh we have an nfl caliber kicker i'm not sure how how good he is yet it was one game but i mean that's the first game where we haven't had a missed kick i think all season <laughs> so we'll take it um he seems to be better than what we've had dude his based kicks. on a one game sample his kicks just look bad. Got a leg like, on him. They fly higher. They look like they're going faster. Just, it just I'm and happy he's watching. A DM, he's a DMV kid. I don't know if you knew that. He's from North Stafford. No way. Oh, really? Yeah, North Stafford oh, Wolverines. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Well, shoot. Now he's I hate so the guy. He could have been one of our rivals in high school. <laughs> oh man, we, we beat North Stafford when I was in high school. But we had leather helmets too. So that's why I <laughs> Eric, any other thoughts on the game yesterday? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be honest. The Taylor Heineke stand, uh, the hive. It's like, uh, it's like the mob. Like once you think you're out, it sucks you back in. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, he played outstanding. I mean, he was, you know, the running game definitely took pressure off of Heineke yesterday, but he really made some clutch, clutch throws, and he was accurate for the most part. He wasn't missing high. I can think of maybe one or two passes where he missed high yesterday. One was to Terry. He kind of hit Terry in the hands, but it was a high ball. Um, I really thought he was he did great. And I really think that the the unheralded player 
um, that really deserves some love. Uh, you look at the stat sheet, there wasn't much there. One catch for five yards. But Adam Humphreys, that grab on the sideline, the one catch that he made for those five yards was huge on that third down. Uh, it was a gorgeous catch, getting his feet in bounds, possessing the ball. Um, so big, big props to Adam Humphreys as well. Um, and I got yeah, to agree with uh, Brian. Scott Turner called an excellent game. Um, let's keep it going because I'm not a fan of his. I uh, don't care for his offense thus far, but yesterday he called an excellent game. I saw at least six different run plays, not just the run play. So uh, we need more of that, Scott. So keep that going. Yeah, second. Man. Absolutely. Brian, what other thoughts you have on the game? So the, the, the thing that, you know, stuck out to me, you know, I, I mean, we already touched on it is the, uh, the run game, but just the, cumulative effect of the run game in the fourth quarter uh you know for us one it took pressure off Heineke but just you know continuing to keep the Buccaneers defense honest like they couldn't just tee off on us in the pass game you know the the, the Bucks have a lot of pass rushers but they couldn't necessarily tee off because we were still committing to the run and that was such a huge part to the game is that they had to respect the run doesn't matter that you know it was 2.7 yards doesn't matter it was 64 yards total for Gibson um, if you look at you know total carries we had 34 carries versus 32 pass attempts I mean talk about balance I mean that's you know what we should be striving for each week I know that not not always possible you get behind sometimes you got to throw it but uh, I mean that that's the formula right there you know we don't need uh, Heineke to throw four touchdowns a game we need him to do what he did yesterday and that was that was really good to see that yep could not agree more with both of you now we got to talk about the elephant in the room and that's Chase Young and that's this injury Eric how devastating is this going to be for the football team um, it is going to be tough especially in the short term, because Montez Sweat is also out for the next few weeks. Uh, so you're really relying heavily on backup defensive ends. Um, and, you know, now is a chance to see if, you know, Chase Young was really still impacting the game outside of the statue, because that was kind of what a lot of us fell back on. Is that, you know, the numbers aren't necessarily there, but he is impacting the game because other teams have to account for him, that sort of thing. So we'll know now. We'll see. Uh, is that the case? Because he's not going to be around probably until uh, middle of next year. So uh, now's the time to see, you know, if he's, you know, you know, if he really was impacting the game the way that uh, we thought he was. Yeah, that's it's rough. And, you know, my concern with all of it is just I don't want anything to slow down player development. And this is a major derailer of that. And you know, we already knew there were some things Chase was going to have to work on. But now he can't work on those things because he's injured, which really, really sucks. And obviously thoughts and well wishes out to Chase Young. We hope you get better. Even if you were never to play football again, I'm not saying that he won't, but we'd still want you to get better just, you know, as a human being. But as, as a, a player for our favorite football team, obviously we want to see you heal up and get back on the field. Brian, how do you feel about this Chase Young injury? Um. Well, not good, right? Like he is a impactful player and he is uh, in his uh, second year of development, just like you said. But one thing I just saw on uh, Twitter before we all uh, jumped on here was that um, it's this similar to Joey Bosa for the 49ers, both Ohio State defensive ends, first year, you know, rookie years, they had good years. Their second years, Bosa had, uh, you know, an ACL. He was out the whole year, came back third year. You know, he was uh, good to go, had a really good year. So hopefully, you know, Chase follows that uh, trend and comes back next year, you know, good to go. But right now, um, you know, we're going to have guys named Casey Tuhill, uh, Bunmi Ratimi, uh, and James Smith Williams as our defensive ends. Um, so I don't know how much pressure. Oh, oh, Shaka Tony. I do like Shaka Tony. Shaka got a pressure yesterday. Yes, he had he had a little juice, uh, you know, in a, yeah. in a pass rush. So that may be uh, good. I think I think you know what we may see though, and you know this is not a slight on uh, Chase. I love Chase. Is you know these other guys here, these you know sixth round, seventh round draft picks, undrafted guys. Uh, they don't get the luxury or the uh, leeway that Chase got to 
um, freelance and doing it. They have to follow the coach's scheme because they'll just get cut, right? So um, whatever the coach is going to ask them, however the technique is supposed to be done, they're going to they're going to have to do it. Um, so we'll get to see, you know, um, you know if this scheme actually works, right? If it's if it's Chase, if it's the defense, if it's Del Rio, if it's the defensive line coach Sam Mills that uh, you know that is uh, you know kind of hampering everything here. We'll we'll see what it is because uh, the group now that's going to be out there. They're going to be doing everything that's asked of them. So we may not get a lot of uh, pressures, but I think they'll still be sound. I think they'll be sound in the run. Uh, there may not be a lot of sacks or anything like that, but I think they'll, uh, you know, hopefully uh, be sound moving forward. But wouldn't this be a great time to, uh, hey, chase Montez go down? We bring in the all-time franchise sack leader with Ryan Kerrigan. Like, I, 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 I wish he was still here, or I wish uh, the Eagles would uh, release him because he's not playing there, and this would be a great spot for him. You know what? It would be interesting. I I love Ryan Kerrigan and his career here. He wasn't very impactful with the Eagles. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it's a good story. I just I'm curious about the actual production on the field, though. Now, granted, I, I think our D-line helps him more than the Eagles D-line is helping him right now or previously with the Eagles. But I just we got to see our young guy step up. That's just kind of what's going to have to happen. And you guys mentioned Chaka Tony, Michael Phillips, and the Richmond Times Dispatch, friend of the podcast, had tweeted out, you know, how impactful Chaka Tony was yesterday as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. That's what I want to see because, you know what, Kerrigan helps if we're making a playoff push, but the overall goal has to be player development. So I want to see the young guys in there getting those snaps. Yeah, well, I'm okay with Kerrigan being where he's at. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's no reason to, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like graduating high school and then, you know, going back to visit every three weeks, we got to, <laughs> we got to let it, let, leave it in the past. It was great while he was here. It was good times, but it's, it's, it's over. That's awesome. Um, Eric, since you're full in on Heineke again, after this last week, does, this, in, baby. does this change your perspective on the meaning of the rest of the season and what i mean by that is are you now looking at us trying to turn this around this season or is it still all about next year and beyond well with a 17 game season uh sitting at three and six right now there's no reason to think that they can't turn it around other than the fact that you know outside of the last game they've been pretty bad all year uh you know outside of that little nagging fact um you know, there's certainly the math still works in their favor, especially finishing with five divisional games. So I don't think it's time yet to turn the page to next year. I think that you should continue to try to win now um, until you're, you know, you're mathematically eliminated or at least it doesn't look good. But at three and six, I mean, I think they're probably what, maybe 10th in the conference or something like that. So there's probably 10th, 11th. I don't, I am not looking at the schedule, but um you know, I think that there's a, a, a there's a big like group of middle of the pack teams, and I think Washington is kind of at the you know in that kind of at the lower end, further back part of that. But you know, you've got a lot of three and six, four and five, five and four type teams. Um, so there's no reason to think Washington can't make a playoff push. Um, if you, especially if you're the head coach and you're trying to win games, there's no reason to turn your eye until next year because uh, you can definitely still have uh, a, me a meaningful season this year. All right. Eric thinks we're going 11 and six. I hear you loud and clear, man. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> Brian, how many more games did uh, Heineke buy himself? And I'm asking you this because JP Finley said yesterday that essentially Heineke would have been pulled at halftime or potentially could have been pulled at halftime or definitely the week after that's kind of what he's insinuating. I'm paraphrasing and I'm, giving you my interpretation of what he was saying how many more games does did Heineke buy himself from yesterday I mean I think he bought himself uh you know another four to five games right if he can wow. continue if he can continue this type of play then I mean it's the job is his for at least the rest of the season because 
I mean, your options are two backups, right? Like it's, it's not as if um, we're bringing in Alex Smith, right? Like he's the, the backup or something like that, where, you know, he's got playoff experience. He's won a bunch of games. Like it's just Kyle Allen. So, you know, I, I don't really see the, the, the rush to go to him or see the need to, uh, to be so quick to go to him. So I think with this and with the, with the change of the game plan, right? Like this wasn't like, um, you know, he just changed a couple of things. The, the game plan was completely different. Heineke was really asked just to, you know, he had some, uh, some big throws, absolutely. But he was asked more to kind of manage the game and not win the game uh, essentially. And I think in that role, I think, yeah, we can absolutely continue with him. And I think uh, he certainly bought himself, um, yeah, at least another four games, five games. If, uh, if they continue to play like that, if they're going to ask him to uh, drop back 40 times and, uh, you know, throw four touchdowns, then, you know, probably one more game. And then uh, we'll see Kyle Allen. Cause that that's not going to work. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, four games is a little strong for me off of yesterday. I, I think he's got himself another two at least. Uh, all right. We, are going to turn the page from our victory party and uh, start looking at the Carolina Panthers coming to town this week. Of course, you know, Rivera, he comes from the Panthers organization right now. He's our head coach. Uh, So this game means something to him. Um, And there's also some further history. A lot of uh, Washington fans were suggesting that Cam Newton be brought in here. Cam Newton did not get brought in here. He went to Carolina again recently He's their starting quarterback, most likely. So there is a ton of narratives to go off of for this game, not to mention that we have a ton of former <laughs> players uh, from Carolina and uh, administrative members from Carolina on our staff now. So the blood will run thick in this game here. That being said, let's look at the uh, on-field matchups, the coaching and all that other stuff and figure out who we think is going to win this game. So, since our defense rocked it out, we're going to start with our defense. Uh, so let's start with the passing game for Carolina. They really kind of have a hybrid game because the expectation is Cam Newton's going to start. So he's kind of a pass run guy, but uh, we'll go with Cam Newton. They have DJ Moore at wide receiver, whom I love. And by the way, when we signed Curtis Samuel, I actually thought we were getting DJ Moore. I just mixed the two up, but uh, <laughs> DJ Moore is a baller. I'll say that. They have Robbie Anderson and Brandon Zilstra. Their tight end is Ian Thomas. And let's look at our secondary. And shout out to all of you who uh, mentioned this on Twitter. I got uh, a lot of feedback that you guys want to hear us go through the individual names of our position groups as well, not just the opposition. So I'm going to do that too. Our secondary, William Jackson the third. We have Cameron Curl, Landon Collins, Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller, excuse me. Uh, you will see occasionally Bobby McCain um, going against that passing attack from Carolina. Eric, who are you giving the edge to? I like um, I like Washington's pass defense in this game because I think. I can see Cam Newton being rusty and he doesn't throw downfield very much. Everything is tends to be short. Um, and I think that will play well to what, what Washington does on defense um, not having to get, because obviously you've seen this team get torched week in and week out with deep ball, which is not really Cam's strength, especially at this point in his career. So I'm going to actually take Washington's pass defense against Carolina's pass offense. Brian, same question for you. Oh, I'm I'm taking the Washington secondary. Um, the the Carolina passing offense is Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and that's it. I mean, I'm I'm not worried about Robbie Anderson that much. Um, DJ Moore, yes, is a good receiver. Um, Christian McCaffrey is going to be you know moved all around uh, the field, but that's it. Right. Like, uh, you know, outside of those guys, you know, those two, uh, I, I really don't see where anything's going to come from. Um, I don't even think uh, outside of uh, uh, McCaffrey Moore, and then Robbie Anderson, I don't think anybody else has uh, even 200 yards receiving from what I was looking at earlier, the, the tight end, um, you know, they, they get minimal production from there. The other receivers, minimal production. So uh, I'm going our guys. I'm going to go with Carolina and I'll tell you why. 
because I think we're going to be so committed to stopping the run. I think it's going to leave a few holes in the secondary and at the second level, really in front of the secondary and behind the linebackers, they're going to suck up a lot trying to stop the run. And I think they're going to be able to pick that apart a little bit this week against Carolina or Carolina will against our defense. I don't know which receiver is going to do it, but um, interesting fact is that Robbie Anderson, who's generally thought of as a deep that's only averaging about 10 yards of reception this year. So he's not the explosive player that he was previously, but I'm still going to go Carolina reluctantly because I think you guys have a great opportunity to be correct. I'm just basing this on the fact that I think the way that you beat this team is stopping the run. You don't look to stop their pass first, which is going to leave some openings there. Now run game. They have, well, I mean, come on, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Who's that guy? Um, <laughs> Giovanni Ricci is their fullback. And let's look at their offensive line. They got Dennis Daly, Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan from Carolina. Where have you heard that before? I can't, it doesn't <laughs> come to mind. <laughs> Pat Elflin, they got Trent Scott and Taylor Moten. We have, and you know what our, our D line is, but I'm going to read it out anyway. We got James Smith Williams now coming in for Chase Young and Sweat, along with uh, Casey Tuhill, Deron Ooh. Payne, and Jonathan Allen. So, you know, obviously Sweat and um, our guy uh, Chase Young are going to be out. We've talked about a little bit before. We got uh, linebackers, Cole Holcomb, Jamin Davis has been getting the burn. Uh, Kaliki Hudson is listed as a starter. They're not all going to play. Like Kaliki Hudson, we, we do this 5-2 thing or we'll bring an extra secondary. So I don't expect to see Kaliki Hudson on the field a lot. But uh, Eric, who are you giving the edge to in the run game? Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is just all world. He's going to get his yards. So I think Carolina is probably going to have a little bit of an edge. Um, John Allen is, is a baller, though. Obviously, he's, he was um, probably the be one of the best players on the field, if not the best player on the field Saturday. Uh, and don't don't leave my guy Shaka Tony out because he's going to get some run and uh, he might wreak a little bit of havoc. But I am Christian McCaffrey is going to get his yards. So I am going to give a slight edge to Carolina in the run game. Okay. Eric, uh, Brian, excuse me. Um. I think it's us. I think if you shut down Christian McCaffrey, this offense doesn't exist. Even with Cam and the boost that he can provide, I don't know that it's enough to do really anything else. Um, I don't, you know, see Cam, you know, running on us uh, that much. I mean, uh, some of the smaller, more mobile guys like uh, Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or something like that, you know, has have given us trouble uh, in the last couple of years. I don't necessarily see, you know, Cam being able to do that so much. And I don't see... Uh, I don't. I don't know what running back has uh, had a hundred yards rushing on us this year. Um, I'm sure there may have been one. I just don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I don't think anybody has. But I, I don't. Daniel see Jones. <laughs> oh, Daniel Jones did club close right. He 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 yeah. had like 95 yards because we could not figure out uh, how to stop that zone read. Um, so hopefully these defensive ends will be able to uh, to kind of keep uh, you know keep an eye on that uh, on that zone read option play, but. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I, they, you know, the, when, when you open up the scouting report, the first guy is going to be Christian McCaffrey. So if they're not prepared to stop him, that's then shame on them. So I'm going with us. I'm going with Carolina. I, I just think the package of Newton and McCaffrey is a lot to deal with, especially on the read options when, and, and Newton likes to keep a lot on those option plays. We'll see if he does that still after only being back in the league for a week or so, but that's a dynamic duo to really contain. So I'm going to give the edge to Carolina there. So it is close. It's closer than I think people think, but I just think that their abilities are really going to shine in the moment. Now, now, our defensive line is good, and I hope they stay playing the way that they played the previous uh, couple of games where they're really impacting the run game. But there's just – when you have two to stop, it's really hard to key in on both of them. Now, now with Cam being there, does um, does having Ron Rivera, his coach, who knows him, who knows you know how he likes to play, how he's played certain plays before, does that give us any advantage? Uh, whether it is in that run game, where hey, we know in this in, uh, in this instance, we know Cam's going to keep it. He's going to run it himself, and he's going to run it you know right here. Does that is there any is there any kind of merit to that? If it were Belichick, I don't know. I'd say yes, but <laughs> it's not Belichick. So. Yeah. 
my thing is, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's Matt Rule's system. So, you know, can he'll obviously know Cam Newton's tendencies, but, you know, within the constraints of Matt Rule's system, it's too early to tell what he's really going to do. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, he's probably well aware of Cam's running capabilities, but yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what it looks like when they play. So look at this. We're going to our offense, our pass and attack. You know who we got. Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. We still don't know what's up with Curtis Samuel, but you can bank on the fact that he's not playing this week, most likely. Uh, Adam Humphreys, Dax Milne, DeAndre Carter, a little bit of Cam Sims. We got John Bates, Samus Reyes. And by the way, Reyes was in the game yesterday, and we called for that. Um we also need to see what's up with Logan Thomas, which we'll find out as the week progresses. I am very hopeful that he plays this week because I think he can be a major factor in the pass game this week. And then in the secondary for Carolina, they got Dante Jackson. They got Jeremy Chen, uh, Justin Burris, and Stephon Gilmore. Yikes, I did not realize they had Gilmore. Their defense is balling. I think Gilmore is probably a big reason why. Eric, who are you giving the edge to in, uh, in our passing game? So it's actually going to depend on whether or not Logan Thomas plays. I think if Logan Thomas plays, I will give the edge to Washington. Uh, if not, they will be able to key in on Terry McLaurin, and it'll, it'll probably be a long day um, because Stephon Gilmore can really do, you know, you know, he's one of the guys in the NFL that, you know, that will give probably give Terry problems um, and can stick with him pretty well. So there's got to be another – reliable option in the passing game um and as you know some of those guys have shown up in spots nobody's really made their mark so logan thomas really needs to uh if, if logan thomas plays there is that that outlet option and i think the passing game can thrive a little bit better so uh if logan plays advantage washington if not advantage carolina yeah brian you agree uh, i'm going Carolina. Carolina's got a good defense. They're like top three, top four. Um, so secondary wise, uh, pass coverage, uh, I'm going Carolina. They can, you know, they can, they can cover, but also they've got two guys, Hassan Reddick. He's got like nine and a half sacks and Brian Burns has got six. So they've got legitimate pass rushers. So we're, we're, we're going to need to be ready. Um, and I don't know, um, you know, how well we're going to do with, uh, with some of that type of pressure. So, um, I'm going Carolina on uh, their secondary. You know what? Carolina's secondary knows how to create turnovers, and that's been Heineke's downfall this year is turnovers. So that makes me really nervous. And, uh, Eric, you mentioned it. Stephon Gilmore, he's probably a good enough corner to severely limit what uh, McLaurin does this game. So who else is going to be there to step up? So for that fact, I'm going to go with Carolina because we we're, we spread the ball around recently. Tampa Bay's secondary was not healthy, and they're not nearly as good as, as Carolina is when they're not healthy. So I'm going to go with Carolina's secondary against our passing attack. In the run game, we got our guy, Mr. 24 carries himself, Antonio Gibson. You got to factor in J.D. McKissick. Jarrett Patterson's also getting a couple carries per game now. Um Let's see. We got our offensive line, Charles Leno Jr., Eric Flowers, Tyler Larson, Brandon Sheriff. Now, he got banged up in the game a little bit, so we're not sure of his status for this upcoming week yet. If not him, it'll be Wes Schweitzer and then Samuel Cosme. And in uh, Carolina's defensive line, they have Brian Burns. You just mentioned he's a, he's a pass rush extraordinaire. Derek Brown, Daquan Jones, Morgan Fox. Shaq Thompson, Jermaine Carter Jr., and Hassan Reddick. Eric, who's got the edge in uh, our running game versus their run defense? I'm going to roll with our running game if we can do what we did this week. Uh, it doesn't have to be 25 carries for Antonio Gibson, but uh, if you could share that workload, get, into, get Gibson his 15 to 20, get Patterson 5 to 10, get McKissick 5 to 10, that's what you need to do. And, you know, again, and the numbers may not be there, but uh, there's certainly uh, uh, an opportunity for Washington to do some damage in the run game. Brian? Oh, 
I say it every week. I love our offensive line. Like, I think we can run the football on just about anybody. We did it uh, yesterday, and I think we can do it to the Carolina Panthers. Um, no doubt. I pick our guys. Jordan we, we We've got to do it like we did yesterday, though. If we if we only call, like, 11 running plays uh, and we pass it 40 times, it's, it's going to be disaster. Yeah, I'm a little worried that Scott Turner is going to want to show up his old team to let them go. And he's going to try to get cute as he sometimes tries to do with the offensive play calling. But I'm hopeful that he has been awoken by the performance of the run game last week and just inserting their dominance two yards at a time. It sounds crazy because 2.7 yards per carry is not good, but they just kept moving the line. That's what matters. So, I'm going to go with Washington in the edge in the run game against Carolina with our, our big offensive line and Antonio Gibson pushing the pile forward. I think we can get it done there. I am very optimistic about that matchup. Let's go special teams. We got maybe the greatest kicker in the history of kickers. I don't know. You be the judge of that. <laughs> we got Joey Slide, Mr. 11 points himself. We got Tressway. You know he's a baller. DeAndre Carter and Cameron Cheeseman is the long snapper there. Carolina on their special teams unit, they have Zane Gonzalez. They got Lakeland Edwards, Alex Erickson, Erickson, excuse me, Amir Abdullah. By the way, I thought Amir Abdullah was the next coming of Barry Sanders. And then he went to Detroit and he was not the next coming of Barry Sanders. <laughs> Dude fumbled everything. Yes, they have JJ Jansen as their long snapper. Eric, who are you giving the edge to in the special teams game? I like Washington special teams. I don't know what our kicker's name is, but uh, I will refer to him as not Chris Blewett. <laughs> so not Chris Blewett is a great kicker. Um, you know, I do DeAndre Carter in the return game, very dangerous. And I love that he's more active on offense uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, and, of course, we have Mr. Two Tackles in 2021, Troy Aki, <laughs> always the X factor. Um, he hasn't made a play since October 3rd, but that's okay. He's due. So advantage Washington. <laughs> He's going to have a, a breakout game with a half a tackle. He's going to have a, a, a tackle and a half game. It'll be a career game for him. <laughs> Hang that jersey up in the Raptors. Um, <laughs> Brian, who are you giving the edge to in the special team game? I think it's close, but you got to go with us. You got to go Washington football team. Uh, the, the new kicker, first time. Uh, uh, in a Washington football team jersey and he made every kick uh, when he could have easily kicked it into the back of his offensive lineman uh, or just missed uh, you know a 30-yard field goal he didn't he made all those things so uh, I'm looking for him to continue that and uh, I'm looking for uh, you know some kind of big play from DeAndre Carter uh, in the return game doesn't need to be a touchdown but a big return that can uh, flip the field you know what I'm encouraged by what you guys are saying. And Joey Sly is the kicker, man. I, I like that dude, man. I think he's going to be great for us. I'm getting not Chris myself. Blewett. Not Chris Blewett. That's all. <laughs> His name is not Chris Blewett. That's it. <laughs> so I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Washington on the special teams game. Coaching wise, they have Matt Rule. He's, he's from the college game, doing some creative things with the Panthers. He got Sam Darnold looking all right for the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, P.J. Walker looking all right, and now he's got Cam Newton. Now, I don't know if he wanted Cam Newton or, or what, but Cam Newton is back. The, the rumor is David Tepper went above and beyond Matt Rule to get that done, and uh, he, so he's there, and he's going to have to work with them. Their offensive coordinator is Joe Brady, and their – who's a defensive coordinator here in uh, Carolina? Man, I should know this off the top of my head. Um no, I shouldn't have. It's Phil Snow. No relation to John Snow, I don't believe. Um, that's their defensive coordinator. We have Ron Rivera as head coach, Scott Turner's offensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio as our uh, defensive coordinator. Who are we giving the edge to in the coaching department, Eric? I'm going to go Washington because uh, I've heard of the coaches on Washington staff. Now, of course, I know <laughs> Matt Rule. Uh, Temple slash Baylor is big at very, very good at rebuilding programs in college. 
Um, but college just generally don't have meddling owners that go over your head to sign over the hill quarterbacks. So we'll see how that plays out. Joe Brady, of course, uh, made his bones uh, getting Joe Burrow coached up at LSU. Uh, good on him. Uh, not John Snow, Phil Snow, not Snow, the Canadian early 90s rapper, just <laughs> Phil Snow. Uh, I know nothing about him. Um, so uh, I'll go Washington just because I've heard of our guys uh, and we have a much better uh, body of work to show for us, except maybe Scott Turner. But he had a good game last week. So advantage Washington. All right, Brian, inform us. Who do you think? That's right. <laughs> That's it. There it is. You did it. There it is. Uh, I'm going Washington. Uh, if you if you saw the game yesterday, not only did the players play with urgency, but the coaches coached with urgency. They had game plans that were uh, specific to the opponent that were effective. They had different game plans. So there's something that uh, there was a little change made um, where the coaches um, are doing a little bit extra. I don't know if it's extra film study or, or their willingness to try things that are different, or maybe just Ron told them, Hey, you need to do this. Um, whatever it is, I'm going, I'm going with Ron Del Rio and Turner. A leaky boom, boom down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow that's, that. That's up. the real lyrics too. I yeah, know that's the real it, lyrics too. It is. <laughs> I, yeah, that's an interesting uh, song. It's it's got a good sound to it. Anyway, it's a, good uh, it's a nice little jammer jam. I'm gonna go with Washington as well. And I never, I didn't think I'd be saying that before the bye week. So this might be classic overreaction after the win last week. But I'm gonna go with our coaching staff and just trust that they're gonna keep it together for at least one more week. And uh, I think things are gonna turn out okay. Now, in terms of before we get to the outcome of the game, Eric, give me a bold prediction for something that's going to happen during the game. Dax Milne will score a touchdown. That's pretty bold. <laughs> he had a dog of a game last week. You know what's worse than that fumble, which was terrible? Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. He got your boy, Antonio Gibson, blown up on one play. No. I didn't see it. Yeah, it was a it was a run. I believe it was inside the tank. It looked like a touchdown when they showed it from the reverse, from like the, the back angle. There was just a monster hole in front of them. Uh, Dax Milne whipped on a block of Antoine Winfield, and Winfield just destroyed uh, Gibson in the backfield. It would have been it would have been a big game, possibly a touchdown. So uh, Milne has some he has some reckoning to do, and I think this week my bold prediction is Dax, Dax Milne gets into the end zone. There it is, Brian. What's your bold prediction? My bold prediction is a big play in the game will be Cam Newton holding on to the ball too long. Shaka Tony comes around the corner, sacks him, balls out, picked up by Casey Tuhill, and runs in for the score. That's you're it. Going, you're going with all the new guys. <laughs> it's a backup party. Yeah. <laughs> My... Shaka Tony's giving up like 60 pounds to Cam Newton, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bold prediction is our secondary gets a pick six. I don't care who is who's the one that does it. It's going to happen. Our secondary is getting a pick six. Mark it down. That's happening. All right. Eric, tell me how the game turns out here. Uh, I want to say that it will not be a letdown after the big win this week. Um, I have 51% certainty that it will not be. <laughs> Um, I think it's going to be a close game, um, and I'm going to pick Washington to win, and we're going to go 23-21. 23 to 21. Okay. You know what that means? That means more field goals from not Chris Blewett. <laughs> Joey the Sly. Sly guy. Uh, Brian, how's the game going to turn out? Game's going to turn out close, just like Eric said. Washington football team victory, 24-17. Good guys. 17. That's an interesting number with Cam Newton back at the home. I can see that, though, because he could help them and he can hurt them just by being so new to that offense that they're going to have to trim the playbook a little bit. So I could, I could see that. Um, me, personally, I think, I think I'm going to have to say Carolina is going to win this week because their defense is so good. And I think their defense gives Taylor Heineke problems everywhere where you don't want Taylor Heineke to have those issues. They are fast enough to help contain him when he runs and they get turnovers. That's his worst nightmare. 
I'm going to say Carolina wins 29 to 24. Ooh. And some of those points are coming on defense. So Whoa. on both sides of the ball. <laughs> so uh, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. It just, the thing I noticed, you know, you started to notice about Taylor Heineke and I'm not the only one that noticed this. He plays good in games that mean something to him. Right. Last week was the Tampa Bay game. That was like the birth of the Taylor Heineke, to the legend of Taylor Heineke, right? Atlanta. What was the other one that he played well in? You know, it, it, he has to have reason and motivation. I don't know what that would be. I mean, he was on Carolina staff for a little while. I guess maybe like he knows for the coaches. Yeah, he knows he Cam. It. Like, yeah, he he knows he knows yeah. Cam. Like, this is a big uh, big thing. Like, he was he was there for a couple of years. So, I hope it the means Tampa. Something. Yeah, the Tampa playoff game is where the legend blossomed, but the Carolina game is where it was born. Because remember, he came in and played pretty well in that last uh, in the fourth quarter of that Carolina game last season. That's true. Taking over for Dwayne Haskins. That's very true. He's very, got very true. he's got some skin in the game this week. You know what? So he might play better than we expect. I still think 29-24 Carolina. Eric, any parting thoughts? Do not ever drive on 95 South. <laughs> Just ever. If you have to schedule a flight, schedule it for early morning. Let's put it that way. <laughs> There's always a window with 95 traffic. You got to like be on the road headed south before HOV closes. Um, right. Or else it's going to be a disaster. The worst part is 95 South where like Triangle, Virginia is that it, it doesn't matter what what the what time of day it is. It's just slow right there. And it doesn't wow. even need to be an accident. Doesn't even I spent a good chunk of my afternoon there, actually. That's where HOV starts to thin out. And that's why. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Brian, what's your parting thoughts, man? My parting thoughts. Um, I think we, we touched on it all uh, podcast is the game plan offensively. Um, you know, is it going to be the same or is it uh, going to, you know, kind of revert back to what we saw in the previous uh, eight weeks? Uh, if we can keep it, you know, balanced like that, really kind of rely on our run game, not uh, not make the quarterback have to throw for four touchdowns. If we can do that, I think I think we, we put ourselves in a better uh, position to win. But let me ask you guys something. This game plan was so different offensively against the Bucks than it had been previous eight weeks and the defensive game plan too. I mean, there was a lot more blitzing and things like that. Is, is this something that uh, Del Rio and Turner just said, just woke up and was like, all right, this is what we're going to do finally after eight weeks. Or is this a Ron coming to them and saying, no, this is going to be the game plan for this game. Cause you guys, I let you do it and you didn't do it right for eight weeks. This is, this is what I'm going to tell you to do. Like how did, how did, cause it just looks so different. Like everything looked different that it's just, it's just really odd to me. I, I wonder if, uh, if Turner actually, you know, came up with this plan or Ron said, no, you, you guys got to change this stuff. I think they came to Ron in the bye week and they said, Ron, we tried everything. What, what can we do? And Ron said, have you tried not sucking? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Here's the thing. Brilliant. You're going to make me rain on this parade a little bit, but Tampa Bay played really poorly the week prior against New Orleans. And I think Washington was watching that game and saw, you know, some things on tape. But Tampa Bay wasn't exactly on a hot streak coming into play us. They have issues. They got exposed recently. And I think we, we took advantage of what they were exposed about. So I think it was a combination. I really do. And I think just the extra time for film study helped them out a little bit. Um, now you're not going to get that extra time this week. So right. who knows? Um, my parting thoughts was that Snow was a better lyricist than people give him credit for. <laughs> if he wrote his own songs. <laughs> it was that fake Jamaican accent that he lost yeah. all credibility. That's yeah, what exactly. it was. Yes. That is hilarious. He's from Toronto. Stop. He's from Toronto. (laughs) He could have been a Jamaican bobsledder. He actually gone to him for (laughs) He actually says in his song, he's from Toronto. He's like, Yeah. Where me a born (laughs) are the one Toronto. So (laughs) anyway, we're out of here. Hey, Washington declassified faithful. We love you. We appreciate you. Keep rocking with us. Have a tremendous week. We are out of here.